This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. California has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, but yet look what we just had today. So let's look at across our nation, see what works and what doesn't. But I could tell you this, the status quo is not working. That's Sheriff Robert G. Luna following the California shooting yesterday. Ten people dead. A reporter is saying, well, uh, gun control laws. And the sheriff, I thought, showed incredible restraint when he, he said, uh, listen, you moron. We have some of the strictest gun control laws in the entire country. And this stuff happens here. Get out of here with that. Like Patrick Mahomes with an ankle injury. Get out of here. You ain't taking me out of the game. Get out of here with that. Throwing a little temper tantrum. Man, you see, Pat, by the way, kudos to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm frightened that we're having to face the Cincinnati Bengals. Who again. Are again at home following last year's disheartening loss. Patrick Mahomes, uh, I love uh, Saturday night. After he gets, he, Andy Reid wanted to pull him uh, earlier in the game. Patrick Mahomes throwing a fit, and I loved it. His passion, no, I want to be in there. He did get taken out for uh, for a little bit. It's interesting because actually on Fox, the, uh, Fox, uh, uh, according to Fox, they said Patrick Mahomes said he couldn't bear the pain. That's why he came out. I understood it like, no, it's not because of the pain. They just finally made him like, dude, at least get an x-ray. That's the way I understood it. I don't know who's right on that one. What did you think of the call to keep Mahomes in the game? Obviously, in hindsight, it worked. But I'm like, mm, did you have some consternation there, Marsh? Mm. Huh? I don't know. Proof was in the pudding. He came back. Hemi had a heck of a, a heck of a series of downs, leading to a touchdown as well. So yeah, so, we won. <laughs> yeah, but we won. I've had one of those high ankle sprains before. So what is a high? It sounds well. It's higher up on the ankle. It's a sprain. What is it exactly? It's almost up in your leg. It's like where your leg connects to the top of your foot or your ankle. And it's really hard to even move your foot, like, up and down. And it's really painful. It, I could put zero weight on my foot. You know, you get an, a regular ankle sprain, and it's uncomfortable, but you can kind of keep on living your life. Um, when I had my high ankle sprain, it was like I was in a walking boot and could barely put any weight on it. So, Patrick Mahomes, I love that. Uh, Saturday. Get out of here with that. That's what this sheriff is doing, Robert G. Lennon. Get out of here with that dumb question. Uh, violence, more laws. We have the strictest gun laws in the country. Shows me some of these reporters. They're just not uh, not well educated. I want uh, to, the, the only thing I do want to cover here, politicians' response when they found out there was a shooting. Um, this was uh, Southern California Ballroom Dance Studio amid Lunar New Year celebrations. Chuck Schumer, we must stand up to bigotry and hate whenever they rear their ugly heads. Adam Schiffer brains from California. Saturday shooting, a horrific example of needless gun violence with bigotry toward AAPI. It's American, Asian American Pacific Islanders individuals. Wisconsin State Representative Francesca Hong says we are broken as a nation to have mass shootings and white supremacy reign terror. Uh, and it seemed the national news outlets were incredibly disturbed to find out that it wasn't a white guy shooting uh, at, uh, at Asians. Apparently, uh, the suspect uh, has been, uh, took his own life as he was apparently cornered. His name is... Who can tram? And somebody had texted 874-9390, and I had never heard this before. 
uh, until over the weekend. Somebody has a, a son-in-law, and they actually live in California, and he's of Asian descent, and says there's racism amongst different factions of Asians. For example, uh, like some black people, you hear the story, some black people will tell you, if I'm not black enough in certain circles, I'm treated, uh, I'm, uh, I get racist treatment from other black people. And we did get a text this morning saying, yeah, there's even racism amongst different groups of Asian Americans. <laughs> Yeah, I think that I think that can be true. I don't know that to be true. I know I, I was, you know, I was surprised. My sister, uh, you know, uh, teaches in in inner city, and they have uh, lots of different countries represented. And she was telling me about all the conflicts that exist in the kids because of long-standing historical contexts and and assumptions about different cultures that she sees comes out comes out in elementary kids and and factions that I didn't know existed. And so I, I'm sure, you know. There could be that could be an issue. I go back to the basketball movie Will uh, Will Ferrell, uh, Woody Harrelson, uh, and I can't remember the name of the uh, the dang movie minor league basketball team. But they had the phrase, and there was everybody love everybody, yeah. everybody love everybody, and I love everybody here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Stephanie Bell included in that. Good morning. <laughs> I'd like say good morning. I'm <laughs> Brian Housworth. You love me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's good to see you. Good Marsh, see you. you're all right, too, there, buddy. I'm good. Uh, Hannah, I love you, uh, too. My name is uh, Brandon Rathard. Gross. Remember the, uh, we've played this montage before on the show, Trump. Remember all the news outlets, every time there was something on Trump, this is the end, this is it. And we played, for two reasons, we played this montage that we had built because it shows all these national news outlets, they show up for a meeting every morning. It happens like 4.30 in the morning, East Coast time. And Chuck Todd and Don Lemon and all those talking heads on the national news outlets, they get together. What's the word we're going to use today? Okay, Biden documents, the word we're going to use, the big word of the day we're going to use today. Different. And they get together and they have these meetings, all these news outlets, 4.30 in the morning. Well, we're all sleeping here in the central time zone. And some of the words they used, Trump, back in the day, the end is near, this is it. But doesn't this kind of seem appropriate today done he's done there's no question about that he's done breaking news a bombshell today is a turning point today was historically bad for president today was a turning point a turning point we're at a turning point here the beginning of the end the beginning of the end but for biden <laughs> will that work for biden marsh <laughs> boy i think a jury is out on that one maybe are they saying dumb or done <laughs> They had a conniption fit. Everything was going to be the end of Donald Trump. And now, hey, how, is this going to be the end of Joe Biden? More documents found over the weekend. And I th one of the bigger uh, questions I've been wondering, what's Bill Clinton and George W. Bush? I think that's a really valid question. Yeah. I mean, of the presidents, the standard thing, oh, you've got some top secret documents. I just take them, put them in the library. Nobody will know the difference. Don't they like, date back to when he was in the Senate? From the Senate. Why even hang on to that for that long? Is he a hoarder? He could be a hoarder. Like my garage. Oh, Except no Corvette. Uh-oh. You got them classified documents, John Marsh? Right next to the Corvette. Because that's where you keep all your important stuff. In the garage. More documents found over the weekend. Great piece, New York Times. And I love the New York Times whenever they portray my point of view. Otherwise, they're worth. 
I was highlighting this article this morning, and I love... And listen, you got called out. I got called out by listener Alan, and rightfully so. He's right. Uh, as much as we trash the uh, the hard lean by the New York Times, they really did a great story. I think the, the, the article had the title like 68 days, 67 days, something like that. But they're referencing the amount of time that the sitting president of the United States of America knew that classified documents had been found in his legal possession at his think tank to the time the public knew. And the New York Times, they their synopsis is they didn't let the public knew because it would have ruined his legacy and it would have ruined his presidency. Uh, that's according to the New York Times. Welcome into the show. And Oh, here's the other thing the White House has said. Uh, Americans don't care about documents. They care <laughs> about the economy. What? And the price of eggs. <laughs> and the price of eggs. Because remember before it was Trump, we have to say, uh, Americans don't care. Even uh, most Americans don't care about Trump, don't care about J6, care about the economy. But what did the White House, what did they keep pounding on? It was Trump, Trump, Trump. And there was a lot of, just not even conservatives, but moderates, people in the middle of the road say, we don't care about Trump. I'm paying $11 for a carton of milk, man. What's going on? Now all of a sudden the White House has changed its tune. Uh, Americans don't care about documents. They care about the economy. We've been saying that for a year. <laughs> Didn't they say that Americans cared about climate change just a few weeks ago? Yes. Yeah. Americans care about climate change. By the way, I've enjoyed thoroughly watching Al, Al Gore melt down in front of the wow. entire world. Guys losing. I, I seriously think, and I say this not to poke fun, but as somebody seriously who has had issues with mental health in the past, and I'm all better now because I've done some things. So I'm not saying this to poke fun, but I really think people like Al, they're having mental health issues. And I wish that they would get help just as another human being. Why are eggs? Hannah turned me on to a theory to why, and I'm not sure if she's pulling my, how much you paying for, I don't buy eggs. I don't know how much you paying for eggs when you buy them for the family stuff. The last time I remember looking, it was when we were in Colorado and they were uh, six something, six dollars and something a dozen. I seem to remember when I was buying, it's been years since I've bought eggs. I don't have time to get up in the morning and make these gourmet breakfasts and stuff. Uh, my breakfast is a granola bar or a cheese stick, if I'm lucky. Uh, but Hannah turned me on to, I remember paying 99 cents. A carton egg, it was a buck. Or like a couple bucks. Okay. I think like two bucks. Two bucks? And I think for a lot of people, the issue is, you know, you know you're supposed to like eat higher protein and, you know, meat prices have gotten really expensive. So if you were, you know, on a budget and still trying to get your protein in, eggs were a source that you could go and get and, you know, do so fairly cheaply. Now I think you could eat steak for the same grams of protein as you could <laughs> eggs. That's the same deli meter of filet mignon. Huh? Right. There was a point uh, right after uh, the tragic events of January the 20th of 2021. I bought a bag. It was a 12 ounce. Now, again, it was 12 ounces compared to 16 ounces, but a 12 ounce bag of shrimp compared to a 16 ounces of ground beef. The shrimp was cheaper than the ground beef. Yikes. Hannah tells me, and I trust her because she's got an ag degree, that eggs are more expensive right now because chickens lay fewer eggs in the winter. No, that is no? not what I said. Did I misunderstand? Did I misunderstand? Well, I said that on your small chicken operations that, yes, that's true. Um, in past winters, the country has not had this problem, though. And it's because of inflation and avian flu currently. Yeah, yeah the avian flu is a big deal, isn't it? Like 50 million some birds have kicked the bucket. So here's what's happening now. 
uh, the latest thing besides uh, um, uh, people being trafficked, human victims of human trafficking, the other thing being smuggled across the border, eggs. Officers at the San Diego. Wait, for real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a big deal then on the border now. I thought Brandon was trolling me when he told me this this morning. Officers at the San Diego (laughs) Customs and Border Protection Office have seen an increase in the number of attempts to smuggle eggs across the U.S. Oh, my goodness. Mexico border. You know, I thought all the people during COVID who suddenly got chickens in like a chicken coop because they were bored were, you know... I just, I, I didn't agree. And now they're looking like the smart ones, right? Because they've all got free eggs in their backyard. And here we are paying six bucks a dozen. Well, as we head into the spring and it kind of turns into baby chick season, you know, you might go into Orschlands or whatever and see all the cute little fluffy baby chicks. And you're tempted to buy them because egg prices are so high. Please, for the love of God, do your research about how to take care of chickens before you just go buy some. Aren't they You'll mean? keep the neighborhood foxes and coyotes happy otherwise. <laughs> right. Yes. Feeding the neighborhood animals. Bringing uncooked eggs from Mexico to the U.S. is illegal because of the risk of bird flu and stuff like that. I don't know if yeah. you've ever... Uh, years ago, my son and I, we were doing the Oregon coast. And we're leaving Oregon and crossing into California. And California is... That was back when they let you cross borders. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a sign before you get into the California port of entry, just coming from Oregon, yeah. said no no fruits or vegetables beyond this point because they're worried about stuff coming from Oregon. And my son, who was, I guess he would have been eight at the time, and we had like strawberries and stuff in the car. He's freaking out, man, isn't he? He's like, but dad, like looking in the rearview mirror, we got to get in trouble. We got strawberries. Coming up, 735, our Attorney General Andrew Bailey is here. Uh, This mess that is the Columbia Public School District and their mishandling of what they did to little kids last week and how they're dealing with parents on it. Andrew Bailey, he's going to be joining us, 735. Coming up, we are doing What's Hot With. Hannah, what do you have for us today, Hannah? Well, while we're talking about uh, drag shows on air, I'm on the Facebook page trying to start arguments over soda. Okay. You know, the important stuff, right? This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Ooh. Well, it was Uh-oh. good. It was good while it lasted. <laughs> Chiefs on a hot streak. Five AFC championship games. Not we, Rathert. We, no, no. The streak was good while it lasted. 11, 10, 11 consecutive shows of being on time with What's Hot with Hannah. Uh, but not today. What do you have for us today, Hannah? They're a group of Midwesterners. Is that a word? Midwesterners really PO'd this week as the popular burger chain Culver's has announced that they are making the switch from Pepsi products to Coca-Cola products. And the internet is up in arms. <laughs> and it's fun- there's there's real life problems out in the world, and here we have folks boycotting Culver's because of their cola choice. I don't know. So they switched from Coke to Pepsi. No, other way around. Well, other way they yeah. switched from Pepsi to Coke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and folks are what are they what are they saying? That they're not going to eat at Culver's ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? So next time you go to Culver's, I, when I lived in Jeff City, would go to the one on Southwest Boulevard. That was like my fiance and I's late night ice cream spot. Um, and next time you go to get your concrete, you might notice that uh, they don't have Pepsi anymore. And I hope you're not too surprised. 
or devastated, apparently, because people on Twitter are not taking the news well. Uh, I'm always partial and only because, uh, number one, I don't drink a lot of soda. Uh, but when I do, I'm always partial to Coke only because my dad, for years, worked for Coca-Cola in California. Coke Zero all the way. Yeah. Is it the, uh, where are, it's like the South that mainly has Pepsi products? Because around here, most people have Coke products, right? Oh, in the South, it's Mountain Dew and very well, it's, <laughs> it's sweet tea, and I would drink, yeah, drink their tea. But I think around here, that's pretty standard, though, right? Coke products? Yeah. I mean, Dan even Daniel from the Wake Up Family on the Facebook page says, no more Culver's for me. <laughs> Come on, Daniel. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. has a lot of dangerous connotation behind it that can further... Uh, instability and mental health for adults and youth in our community, as well as suppress cultural values of our community that have been progressing forward. Uh, that's Brandon Banks speaking on behalf of Inclusion. Uh, that's the company that was invited to a city-sponsored event, City of Columbia Diversity, Valuing Diversity uh, event. I did ask, I reached out to Inclusion Friday to ask them for a comment. They never reached back to me. And this guy, by the way, Brandon Banks, I've had beer and pizza with his dudes at Shakespeare's West. I've hung out with this dude before. Uh, hung out with him at a Como Man show. Como Man show, by the way, coming up a couple of months from now. Uh, I know this guy. I reached out to them. They wouldn't respond. They did talk to Channel uh, 8 there. This whole thing, and I want to be clear here with, the, in my opinion, at least, bigger issue is not just that the uh, Columbia Public School District uh, and they uh, taking kids to this to this event. It was a, a, an event for diversity and inclusion. Great event, usually. Martin Luther King. Let's celebrate the, his legacy, and it is a beautiful event. But what they what they did regarding these drag dancers is completely wrong. And it's not just because. Okay, well, I want to make sure we're very clear, at least on my take. You watch the video. I don't see anything overtly sexual. It's still just... I have kids. I have grandkids. And they, you start crossing the line when you start subjecting kids, in my opinion, to that without a parent's knowledge. It's the way the Columbia Public... I believe they knew that was going on. The mouthpiece for the Columbia Public School District was on the planning committee for the city for this event. They knew what was going to be there. They are lying, in my opinion, lying. Uh, Yearwood, superintendent, my opinion, should absolutely resign. And it's not just because he shouldn't resign just because of this. He should resign for his lack of communication with parents. They have no empathy towards parents. Uh, they, they're just dismissive. And right now it's the dodge, dive, duck, dip, gaslighting. Because they keep saying, well, this was uh, an include. This was a diversity event. This was diversity. No, you didn't tell parents that their kids were going to be subject to these to these drag dancers. You had elected politicians, Andrea Weiner, tipping these people in front of kids. Why? And here's the other response we got from the Columbia Public School District, specifically to Randy Tobler. Uh, and I guess you're going to ask about the parochial schools and their involvement. That's deflection. No, we're, you're responsible for your stuff. That's deflection. That's what they do. So it's a combination of things as to why they should, uh, why, in my opinion, some of these people in leadership in the Columbia Public School District absolutely, positively 
without a doubt should uh, resign. And that that gaslighting, you're the problem. You don't value diversity. That's gaslighting. If 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 you're new and trying to figure these things out, that's what gaslighting is. That's when somebody tries to make you think you're crazy. You're the one, and that's what leadership in a mid Missouri school district is doing. You're bad because you don't value diversity. Right now, I want to bring in our attorney general. Andrew Bailey on to uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. Mr. Bailey, I want to ask, I know you're a parent. First of all, your position aside is the Attorney General is a top law enforcement official in the state of Missouri. Just pers- I know you got kids. What was your reaction when you heard about this? This is shameful behavior. This is nothing short of deplorable Thank you for holding them accountable. Don't let them hide behind the shroud, the cloak, the deception of, of quote-unquote diversity. Because this issue is about protecting children. And if the school officials who are charged with the care, custody, and control of, the, of those kids aren't concerned about what's in the best interest of the child and protecting our children and giving the parents a voice, then we will step up and do it for them. Now, because this is absolutely shameful. And you sent a letter to Dr. Brian Yearwood. In that letter, you cited two statutes, one about um, sex education, but a newer statute that you said they might have run afoul of. Can you uh, provide us some more info on those statutes? Absolutely. So section 170.015 is the guide rails that the General Assembly has put on sexual education in public schools in the state of Missouri. And I want to turn your attention specifically to subsection 4, and it mandates that the school board tailor the curriculum to the appropriate age, and they have to to notify the parents about the the, uh, curriculum so that the parents know the education their kids are getting on these topics. That statute appears to be have been subverted and undermined in this instance. I also want to point you to 573.550, a statute that was enacted by the General Assembly just last year that makes it a, a criminal offense to provide explicit sexual material to a student. But there's another statute as well. If you look at 573.010, and I want you to turn to subsection 11. It defines obscene material as any performance applying contemporary community standards. Its predominant appeal is to the prurient interest in sex, or a reasonable person would find the material lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. And if you cross-reference 573.010 with 573.020, it is a criminal offense to promote obscenity. So ask yourself... What is the community standard? Well, the fact that we have parents complaining, the fact that we have community uproar, means the community is not going to and would not tolerate this level of obscene performance. General Bailey, you write in your letter to the superintendent to the mayor, quote, not only did you fail to report this incident, but it appears city and school officials actively participated in taking underage children to witness an inappropriate sexual performance in the form of a drag show, end of quote. The superintendent disputes your characterization of the term child endangerment. He says that is categorically false. How do you respond to him? Well, there are two flaws in the superintendent's response, and this is this just adds to their level of culpability. Number one, the superintendent says, well, look, we didn't really know what was going to be at the event. Okay, so that's an admission of willful negligence. If that's true, it's an admission of willful negligence. But I don't I I disagree with that. I reject that they had an affirmative duty to know. And several school officials were listed on the program. So I think they did know. But secondly, the superintendent says, 
Nothing to see here. Drag shows yep. about diversity. This isn't adult-themed. This isn't sexual in nature. And I vehemently reject that point, and so do the parents who agree with us that have already registered complaints, because the drag show is an outward expression of desired sexuality. It's an exaggerated emphasis on particular sexual characteristics that's, that appeal to the prurient interests. And the purpose of the people engaging in the activity is to draw attention to sexuality. It is inherently sexual. How dare they sexualize our children in violation of state law and in violation of the parents' trust? Uh, our guest, Missouri fired up Missouri Attorney General. Andrew Bailey here this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri talking about uh, what's going on with the Columbia Public School District after taking kids to a performance where there were uh, drag performers in attendance. They did not let parents know that this was going to be happening. General, what kind of penalties could the district potentially face from this? I think all options have to be on the table. I am calling for the, the resignation or termination of any school official that knew that the drag show was going to be part of the event and willfully took children to the event. They need to resign or be terminated immediately. Secondly, Columbia Public School Board meetings are the second Monday of every month at 6.30 p.m. at the administration building. Parents of the Columbia Public Schools need to empower themselves and go to that school board meeting and register their, their dismay, their complaint, their disgust with this kind of shameful behavior. The third thing, I want all superintendents and all school boards across the state to publicly pledge themselves to protect our children and not expose them to these inherently sexual performances in the future. I want it, I want it on the record that our school systems are about education, not indoctrination, and this is a first step in, in accomplishing that mission. Uh, General Bailey, you just suggested, I want to make sure our listeners are hearing you right, you just suggested that the superintendent may be prosecuted. Did I hear that correctly? I think all options need to be on the table. I think that what needs to happen in the short term, what needs to happen immediately, is there needs to be a resignation or termination of any school official who knew that the drag show was going to be part of the event and willfully took students to that event. That needs to happen now as we weigh further legal options. And I completely agree with your uh, assessment, Mr. Bailey. And it's not just because of this. The, sta the standalone incident is pretty serious. It is a history. And by the way, this is something I'm more than willing to help your office with. The misdeeds, on my opinion, of the Columbia Public School District and the way they communicate at the way they communicate at parents, their disregard for parents uh, in this little cocoon that they have uh, built for themselves in their administration. They're completely dismissive of parents. And this is the other thing that I take exception with, and this might be outside the scope of the legal aspect of what you're doing, Mr. Uh, Mr. General. Uh, but in the letter, by the way, uh, Howsworth and I, we spoke with a Columbia Public School parent yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, they were infuriated by the letter. The basic uh, response was F off and you do not speak for me uh where mr yearwood and this is the deflection and the gaslighting on the part of mr yearwood uh we have received two parent complaints parents don't complain uh because they go to school board meetings the school board president helen wade uh in now infamous incident shut down a school board meeting because she said a parent was being and i don't remember the exact word she didn't like the tone of what the parent was saying and we've played the audio a hundred times on the show that parent was doing nothing wrong. The other thing that's happened is they've changed how you do public comments uh, at these meetings. But yeah, parents don't. He, so when Yearwood, he's being disingenuous and he is gaslighting you as a taxpayer. He is gaslighting you as a parent when he says, well, only two parents complain. Parents, 
I promise you, they're not going to the Columbia Public School District anymore because they get treated like crap. They get it's a dismissive attitude, and it's it's just frightening. And I want to ask you this: so you talk about so I'm watching the video. I've seen the video. I think everybody's seen the videos. These drag dancers, and I'm looking at it. Okay, it's dudes who think they're chicks, or they're dressing up as chicks, and they're they're voluptuous and the thick makeup and the hair. Uh, and, and, and I would never want my kids or grandkids around that. Even if I knew, I would say, no, they just don't need to be around that right now. You know, they're, they're middle school. Don't need to see that. But at what point, and I'm trying to be fair and balanced here, at what point is it you go, okay, now it's sexual. For me, it was to see a, a, a local official, Andrea Wayner, tipping somebody. That just, for me, it's like if you brought in dancers from Rumors or whatever the topless nightclubs are around here, or the Golden Girls from Mizzou, do you, you wouldn't tip them. Uh, at what point for you did it become a sexual thing in front of these little school kids? Well, it's the, it's the drag show itself. Again, the, the, the purpose of the drag show is it's an outward expression of desired sexuality. The intent of the people performing the drag show is to draw attention to sexuality. That has no place in education, period. And, the, and you don't get to hide behind diversity to get around state statute and, and undermine our educational system. As long as I'm attorney general, schools are going to be about education, not indoctrination. And parents are going to have a say in the process. And this behavior runs afoul of both of those guiding principles. I do want to follow up, General Bailey, on one thing, because we want to be fair to the superintendent, who I have a very good relationship with. Obviously, I've not talked to him about this. But, you know, he he in this letter he suggests, and there could be some others on that committee that work for CPS that knew, but what he says here specifically is that their role is limited to participating on student writings. It was writings about facing bigotry, some things like that, about MLK. My question is this, do, do, are, what evidence is there that he knew that this drag show was going to take place? He himself, I don't know about the others, but do we know that? Because I don't, I don't see any evidence he would have known about that. Well, here's my problem. He has a duty to know. If you're transporting our school children to an event for educational purposes, you have an affirmative duty to know the content of the presentations. And so is there willful negligence there? I think okay. that's the question we need to ask. Okay. But even if that's true, even if it was willful negligence, why not just leave the letter at that? The fact that his responsive letter says, hey, look, we didn't really know. Also, nothing to see here, not a big deal. And somehow I'm the bad guy for calling them out on this, that's culpability. All right, Mr. That, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. It's not just that they had uh, Mid-Missouri kids at this diversity and inclusion event and that the, there were uh, the drag performers there and you had elected officials, Andrea Wayner tipping. That's just disgusting. My bigger issue is their communication. That's always, always been an issue with the Columbia Public School District. That is really their dismissive attitude towards parents, the way they're handling this now. Your default, you're not accepting of other people. Uh, BS, our guest right now talking about this already, some stunning statements. Our Attorney General Andrew Bailey joining us to discuss here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. General, we had one of the parents call us the other day who was the mother of a, a special needs kid who was at this event and very, you know, really charged up to be there. And she was up in arms, understandably so, that how do you, how do you explain this to a kid? I guess the whole inappropriate nature, I guess, is what kind of registers with a lot of people. 
Well, and that's why Section 170.015 was enacted by the General Assembly, so that parents would have a say in the process. And so there's some guide rails on how our children are taught sex education. But see, what Columbia Public Schools wants to do is ignore all that, shroud this under this blanket of diversity, mm-hmm. and say nothing to see here, and ignore the sexual nature of a, of a drag show, the inherently sexual nature of a drag show. They want to promote diversity and ignore child safety. They are charged with the care, custody, and control of these children. And they abused that trust by exposing our children to this shameful demonstration. And and we've got listeners saying they also abused that trust by some, you know, there were teachers and other folks in the room and are saying, why didn't anybody get up? Why yeah, didn't exactly. we let these kids leave? Why didn't we take a stand? And I think it might go back to Brandon's point of how, you know, parents have been silenced and, you know, there's been uh, behavior by the Columbia Public Schools if you speak out against them. And just that whole atmosphere is why maybe people didn't feel comfortable to stand up in the moment. Well, and that's why the the superintendent's response is wholly inadequate and honestly is insulting. Because out of one side of his mouth, he's going to say, well, look, this is not, we didn't know, we didn't really know what was going on. But then out of the other side of his mouth, he's going to say, nothing to see here. This isn't sexual or adult themed. These, th- there's nothing wrong with kids being at a drag show. You can't have it both ways. You got to pick a horse and ride it. And no, and, sorry, sorry and, ahead, no, and no one knew what was going on, but yet people had plenty of ones in their pockets to tip these people during the show. Yeah. Well, school officials were on the program, so I failed to believe they didn't know. And even if they didn't know, they have a duty to know. It's willful negligence to stick your head in the sand and transport children to an event like this without fully understanding the performances that are going to be at the event. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, we have to go. Uh, there's, uh, we got to move forward. There's nothing we can do about the timing here. Uh, you, Fifteen seconds. Anything else you want to add before we let you go? As long as I'm Attorney General, our schools are going to be about education, not indoctrination, and parents will have a voice. This isn't finished yet.